This is the Ezra Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We're here to talk about Ryan Garcia today and his fight with Javier Fortuna, which I'm going to give you the post-fight breakdown. You know, going into a Ryan Garcia fight, it kind of feels like no one knows what they, to expect. They kind of, uh, people kind of have like a, for some reason, are very negative about Ryan Garcia. I don't know if it's for some reason, but I guess I could assume why they're negative. I really believe that it goes to two things. Luke Campbell dropped him and people can't get that out of their head. They just think he's too easy to be hit because they all seen that shot and they feel like there are guys in this division that could land that shot a lot clearer than Luke Campbell. Right. And there's a, it's a real obvious flaw that he has. And some people aren't really good at seeing, you know, what's happening in the ring. If that, it's, Honestly, there's some fans and some people who talk boxing that I don't really think they can see what's happening in the ring. So when you can't see it, right, and it's so obvious, like what Ryan Garcia's flaw was in that fight, you automatically think, like, this guy must be trash because I, I see it. I can see the flaw, right? But you don't know that there are top guys that are making flaws that, to, like, the trained eye, I think are just as clear as what you're seeing Ryan Garcia do. It's funny. It really is funny, but that 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 is a case. Another thing was people were negative towards Ryan Garcia. He's a TikTok guy. He's a... a Instagram guy, YouTube guy, but I think that the fact that he pulled out of fights and it seemed like he wasn't committed to fighting and that he maybe didn't have like the mental strength for it. And that's what people kind of were putting it on him for his mental health issues. I think that the, all of that with those that flaw put together, were just like, this guy isn't Devin Haney, isn't Tank, he isn't Loma. He's not those guys at 135 pounds, right? He's not those guys, uh, Tiofimo. He's not those guys. So you already have, there's like a real negative view of what Ryan Garcia could be is in the sport. I I really think, and I like, listen, I, I've, I've done negative posts on Ryan Garcia before. You can pull him up on Twitter. I've done negative posts. I was just talking about how I didn't like the way he was in the back, right? I thought I didn't like the way the work looked. I thought he was regressing. It kind of looked like I was wrong. I'll admit that in this fight, he really showed me that he's improving. And he, to me, he improved by a wide margin in this fight. But this is a special fighter. And people got a little offended that I tweeted that, 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 that Ryan Garcia is a special fighter. I don't know how you don't look at the million-dollar speed he has and the million-dollar power and tell me he's not a special fighter. Now, I think when you think of a special fighter, you're thinking of Floyd Mayweather, right? You're thinking of uh, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali. I get, I get that. I'm not saying he's those guys. What I mean is that he has special abilities. He has a special talent. Now, if he ever turns into being a Hall of Fame boxer or Hall of Fame level career, we have to see that time time will tell. But there's no way you can tell me the, his physical makeup and what he can do that that's not special. It just is. And any trainer in the world of boxing would love to have him a fighter with his skill set. If you think about when Canelo trained with him and he said, like, he, he's just probably the most talented uh, natural ability fighter that I've ever been in the ring with. Right, I've ever seen train and trained with, and never seen in person. And they're not just saying that, right? That there's a reason they're saying that. And when we get to this fight with Javier Fortuna, I, it kind of went the way I thought it would. I just was there was one thing that I said, and I was curious to see is if Javier Fortuna would keep stay aggressive how he usually is. Was he going to stay aggressive in this fight? Was he going to take some chances? I want to know how he reacted when he saw what Ryan Garcia's speed and power was. He reacted the way that Tagol reacted. I'm going to be honest with you. That's the way he reacted. And what happens when this happens, let me put the this up there. 
what happens when, uh, when these fighters get in the ring of Rangar, see, is that they've heard how fast he is. They've heard his power. And they, they think, ah, it's not that. Trust me, I've been in there, guys, are fast. I've been in there, guys, of power. And this, Fortuna's an experienced guy. He's been there with a lot of good fighters. And the way he reacted was similar to Go as if he had never seen something like this before. It really is. It's like he's never seen anything like this before. He didn't want to take any chances once he felt the power, once he saw what the speed was, and he was being very cautious. And as soon as he did open up, he was made to pay for it right away. These are things you have to pay attention to. You have to pay attention to what Ryan Garcia's performances are. Because if you're going to look at like the one flaw against drop against Luke Campbell and you know him pulling out of fights and him talking crazy and all these things, you got to start looking at the performances. There's certain things you got to look at and be like, okay, well, what's the other stuff, right? What's, what's another thing that could kind of show me who he is? Ryan Garcia is basically been dominating every fight. I mean, dominant. I mean, I'm talking about first round knockouts. Putting guys to sleep, 12 0 when guys like when he, when he 12 0 Jason Velez with really literal experience with not a great trainer with nothing, right? Really, just raw ability. He 12 0 Jason Velez, and no one really talked about that. Kind of a fight that went under the radar. The Luke Campbell fight, which he has one tough moment. If you really look at it, he kind of dominates that fight. He kind of has Luke Campbell on the defensive the whole time, and when he's putting pressure on Luke Campbell, you can tell Luke Campbell is. Not wanting anything to do with those shots. He just has a bad moment in it. The to go fight now where like people were really critical of a victory he got 12-0 on. You kind of see the to go was just really surviving in there. He really was. He was just surviving. He gets dropped early and he says, I don't want nothing to do with this fight. And he's a sturdy guy. So he was able to survive. He was able to take the shots. And Ryan wasn't his sharpest that night. No, but even at his, and he, I heard an interview today where he was like, I didn't even know how my, what my fighting style was in that fight. He just was trainers. He was in the in-between two styles. And he didn't know who he was. And with all that, he 12 holes him. A rank guy, a guy that some people thought would be competitive. I, some of the things I saw to go do, I was like, he's going to, he's all right. He's an all right fighter. He's not a bad fighter. He's not a, this is, I don't think this is any can or, you know, a taxi cab driver that he's just going to destroy. I thought, oh, he might be able to show a few things in there. He couldn't. He couldn't show one thing. He couldn't show anything in that fight. Ryan Garcia has special abilities in that ring. And what I saw was a growth in his boxing game as well. I, I love the distance. I thought the distance really helped with def, uh, his defense. It really allowed him to see everything going on. There's a I like a thing of I compared to you know in Madden when they used to have the QB vision and some guys had a really tight cone, other guys had a really wide one. The distance allows him to have a very wide cone and to see everything that's going on in the ring, have awareness of what's going on in the ring. Also allows his defense to react better. Now he did have some mo- uh, moments where his head movement uh, worked in the fight. I don't think he wants to fall in love with that because I don't think he's the best at that. But he did have moments where he showed his athleticism and showed some upper, upper body movement. I did also notice that he covered, he held his um, his right hand up the whole time. These are just slight adjustments, right? Slight fixes. I told you, we all seen the flaw that Ryan had. So that means Goosen saw it. That means Ryan saw it. That means everyone around him saw it. So they said, we can fix it. It's just drilling it. That's an easy fix. So his right hand was up the whole time. He still reached out, but when he reached out, he didn't reach out with both hands. That's what got him dropped in the Campbell fight. He reached out with just the left hand. 
you can get away with that. Now that still leaves him kind of open to shots, but because he keeps the length and the distance, he only has to take a slight step back and he's out of range and he's not overstepping his step back. Now his power speed and all that, like I said, it's special, but he can also land it without being really having his feet under him and still having the same amount of power. If you look at the body shot, he lands, he throws that while still like mid step coming forward. His feet are not set. He just whips. He could whip that punch without having his feet set and he could drop you the body in the same way. He kind of hits Luke Campbell with it. It's like in between his step. He punches before his foot ever hits the ground. And then he stepped back with a left hook. And I, I thought he broke from, uh, from Dora's face. I was like, Oh, did he like, I thought he broke his over the bone the way he knocked him down. But I, no, I think it was just, he shinobi him. Honestly, he hit him and it took Fortuna a little bit to realize that he was hurt and knew that, uh, Garcia had kind of split him in half with that left hook. And he never got overly aggressive. He kind of just stood within his game. I just thought it was a very, very good, excellent performance by him. And he really showed a, a levels to his game. And he showed that he's just above these guys physically. But if he can stay disciplined the way he stay disciplined in this fight, he can fight with the reach and use the right hand because he started using the lead right hand, which is the shot that I was making. I thought was critical of when I seen him hitting the back. I thought it looked clunky. I didn't, I thought he was regressing. And then the, she starts using the lead right hand by itself in the fight and it controlled range. And it, you know, it, it added something else that Fortuna had to watch out for that. He probably wasn't expecting in this fight. He also had to me, a was an improving jab. I liked everything I saw from Ryan in this fight. I'm going to tell you right now, I think Ryan is right there with every top guy at 135 pounds. I'm talking Haney, I'm talking Tank, and I'm talking Loma. He's right there with any of them. I'd pick him to beat some of those guys. I'd pick him to lose some of those guys. And those performances are all I, you know, you just have to start looking at the performances to know, hey, this guy is dominating the performances are speaking for themselves. We can't keep saying, oh, well, that guy didn't show up. Oh, that guy didn't make weight. He, the reason why they fought at 140 pounds was Fortuna's request, not Ryan's. He He's dominating these guys. It's not close. Now, I think we're, there's a lot of talk of who's next for Ryan Garcia. I think it's Jojo Diaz. I think they have Jojo Diaz and William Cepeda. Now, there's the talk of the tank fight. And a lot of people have opinion on what this tank fight and why it's not happening and what's going to lead to, uh, you know, a problem with with Golden Boy and Ryan. I don't really get the story. I'm going to be honest with you. I've talked to a lot of smart people about it. People I respect. I still don't get what really the difference is to anyone that's under contract with a promotion. I don't know what the difference is between what's happening with Ryan with Golden Boy, what's happened with Tank. And the money team and the PBC, what, what was happening with Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence this whole time, he's just on the wrong side of the street. I mean, that's a common expression because it happens all the time. Now, people are telling me, well, he's not exclusive. That's the thing I hear. He's not exclusive with the zone, right? But he is signed to, to Golden Boy, who has a deal with the zone. And if you try to compare it to what's happened with Golden Boy and Canelo, it's not comparable. Because what Canelo was getting put on the shelf, and when he was, they were off uh, coming up with the points that he could fight. Dazone was just saying no to all of them. He said, "We're not going to fight him. They weren't going to fight him. They wanted to fight Golovkin because of a deal Golden Boy had made with Dazone 
that Canelo had never made. So Golovkin made a deal with his own, that Canelo would fight Golovkin, but Canelo had nothing to do with that deal. His deal was just with... He had never signed to say I was going to fight Canelo. So how could Golden Boy make that deal? So that was the breach of contract. The breach of contract was opponents that Golden Boy had agreed to that Canelo had never agreed to. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is Showtime and the PBC are saying, we'll pay Ryan to come here, the biggest payday, to fight Tank Davis. Now, I love to see that fight. And I don't care what promotion it's on or what network it's on. I don't care. But just like anyone else, he signed a Golden Boy. Golden Boy has a deal with the zone. Not saying that Ryan has a deal with the zone. Golden Boy has a deal with the zone. And Ryan, just like everyone else, basically has to fight for the deal that the network is signed to. Just like anyone else. Now, there are exceptions to the rule. Like you've got Anthony Joshua, who's going to be fighting for Sky, who's signed with Matchroom. Matchroom has a deal with the zone. I get that. Right, I get that there are exceptions to the rule, but that's written in his contract. Let's just let this play out, but I don't think there's just any difference to win the side of the street argument. And that's the one we have with every fight. This is nothing new, but it seems like we want uh, Golden Boy and DAZN to do something that no, we don't ask any other promotion to do. Because when we say that they're on the wrong side of the street, we kind of just accept that as good as gold. That's kind of like what it seems to happen here, but right now, for some reason... People are uh, under the impression that there that there are legal matters here, and that Golden Boy would actually be not looking down the best interests of Ryan Garcia contractually to get him a fight on the PBC against Tank Davis. Like I said, I feel like this is very similar to a lot of stories that happen in boxing, and this is really. You know, to me, this is requiring something from Golden Boy that was not required from really anyone else. I get 100% why Golden Boy doesn't want to do that because they have a business deal with the zone. And not saying that the zone has a contract with Ryan or their deal says Ryan's going to fight on their thing, but they have a deal with the zone saying they need to provide this many fights a year, uh, championship fights or premier uh, level fights, whatever lingo they put in there. And they're going to have, a, you know, they have a five-year deal with zone. They don't want to hurt that business, right? They don't want to hurt the relationship they have with zone by taking their number one star and sending them to Showtime. So that, I get it business-wise, but I get people saying like, well, it's his biggest payday. Why wouldn't Golden Boy be looking out for Ryan Garcia and get him a Showtime for his biggest payday? But that's because Golden Boy is a business and they can't just cash out. That's not the way business works where you could just cash out for one guy and for one fight. You can't do that. You got to think long term. And I think that they're thinking long term that the only people they can do business with, only network interested in doing business at a big level is the zone with Golden Boy. So I don't think they're going to take their biggest star and send him over there. Another thing is I don't really think Golden Boy wants to risk Ryan Garcia losing a 50-50 fight with Tank Davis. And some people wouldn't even have that 50-50 fight. They would think that's 70-30. Some people probably 80-20, right, of what the what the chances of Tank winning to Ryan winning. I don't think they want to risk that. I think they have Jojo Diaz and William Cepeda, and they're like, let's use those two fights. Ryan Garcia sells well in uh, arenas. He does good viewership on YouTube. He does good viewership on the zone. He brings a lot of attention. Why would I go send him to fight Tank now when I still have two opponents for him? Now, I know people are going to say that Ryan Garcia has now moved to 140 pounds. 
When he announced that, basically what he announced was that Jojo Diaz and William Cepeda moved to 140 pounds. I still think Ryan Garcia's going to be fighting 135-pound opponents just at 140 pounds now. Now, the one thing about Ryan Garcia is that he really knows he's a star. And he knows he's the A-side. And he knows that he can take advantage of them. He knows he doesn't need belts. He knows that weight classes can be whatever weight class he decides, whatever weight he decides. And everyone's kind of going to follow and that's a dangerous man it, that has a uh, that kind of has that understanding this early, and doesn't get held up by these things like the belts, like this ranking system that tr- it truly doesn't matter. That they need Ryan more than he needs them. That's the truth of it. He's turned down mandatories. He's turned down title shots. This is similar to what the model that Tank Davis and his team know. They don't need any of that. That's almost like a thing of the past for them. When you're a star on the A side like that, you don't need anyone. You don't need the belts, sanctioned buys. You don't need all that ranking. You don't need any of that. It does. The only thing will do is probably more hinder your career, make it harder. So he understands that. So he'll go to 140 pounds and just pull everyone up. And he'll just have a giant weight event. He'll have this giant weight advantage. He'll be comfortable in his size. I don't expect him to be fighting a Sandor Martin or Montana Love. I don't expect that anytime soon. It seems like people, that's what they assumed, right? I've seen a lot of comparisons to guys at 140. I don't expect that anytime soon. I think that they're going to go after guys that Golden Boy actually has. Like I was saying, at the 135-pound weight division, I think that Ryan Garcia is competitive with any of the top guys. And th- this might be controversial, but I would pick him to beat Devin Haney. I think his size, his speed, his length. I understand how good Ryan uh, Devin Haney looked to Cambosos. I don't, not that high in Cambosos. I still remember uh, Leonardo's landing on Devin Haney. I still think that Devin Haney doesn't have the power to really hold off a guy. And I. Jojo Diaz was able to land on Devin Haney. And I just think that if Ryan Garcia is able to land on Devin Haney, I think he'll be in some real trouble. And he could match match him on physical ability. Now, Devin Haney's for sure the better boxer. I'll give you that. But I'm not, in my mind, I'm not trying to put Ryan Garcia in that category as like what level of boxer he is. He's an orthodox fighter. He's kind of an awkward fighter. He kind of fights in his own way. And he fights using his own ability. So I think he'll be tough. I don't, I don't think that um, he's just going to jab him and move on that and Ryan Garcia is going to be uh, lost in there. I don't. I think that Ryan Garcia will be able to work off that jab. I think he'll be able to work off the distance. And if Haney gets greedy, I think Ryan Garcia could beat him to the combos. I really do. I, I truly believe that. I always thought Ryan Garcia would beat Devin Haney. I still um, am heavily leaning in that direction. Like I said, I would need to break down that fight and really look at it to make an official pick, but I'm heavily leaning in that direction. Now, with Tank, I realize that Tank gets caught early. Tank is very balanced. And Ryan Garcia's defense is not perfect. It does kind of feel like there'll be scary moments for both, but I'm still leaning Tank in that fight because I just believe Tank's precision, timing, and balance, and the way he begins uh the way he studies you and measures you up on where he can land his shots and he can land from anywhere with any hand i was still favoring that fight but i think that's a highly entertaining fight for however long it lasts 
Now, Lomachenko seems to be the guy that people are most down about in the 135 pounds. Uh, it seems like they're using him as if he's Cambosos, right? That's really, he turns into Cambosos in a weird way. Him and Ryan, I think, is a very interesting fight. I think Lomachenko could win that fight. I think that he'd definitely probably be better late in that fight if he could survive the early storms of it and kind of get his rhythm and his pacing and his timing down with Ryan. And I don't know if Ryan's going to have enough looks to, you know, be able to be successful later in that fight. But I'm curious to see that power and speed early and how many rounds it takes for Lomachenko to get started going, like kind of similar to what happened to Tiafimo, right? Where he's just like, Lomachenko's just... Can't seem to get going because he can't get a read on the, the speed and the power until it's a little bit too much too early. I think all these guys fighting each other are very interesting. We're Like I said, the only ones probably going to be fighting each other is Haney and uh, Tank. I mean, Haney and uh, Lomachenko. Looks like Tank's going to be fighting PBC guys. Ryan's going to be fighting Golden Boy guys. And Haney, uh, Lomachenko be fight, should be fighting after Haney fights Kambosos again. And then guess what? Andy's a free agent. And he'll be a free agent if he beats Lomachenko and have a chance for a, a mega fight with either Tank Davis, the PBC, or Ryan Garcia with Golden Boy, Matchroom, and DeZone. He will be free to go wherever he wants and he'll be in the best position as a free agent of any fighter in a very long time. Let's get to the undercard. We had Alexis Rocha versus Luis Alberto Vernon. Um, Rocha looked good in this fight. He looked disciplined, good pressure. There's nothing that really wows you about Rocha, but he's just a, a good fighter. I think that, you know, he has the one loss, but I I think he's in a good spot here. He's uh, come up uh, with, the you know, the injury of Virgil Ortiz to get the main event there when he, he got to kind of like get a little highlight in his career. And then this spot, the co-main event right before Ryan in front of a, a good sized crowd, in front of a lot of eyes that are watching at home. And I thought that he, he did what he needed to do. And I don't think he's ever going to be in a boring fight. I didn't think this was a boring fight because it just, his style is just not boring. There's talks of him fighting Virgil Ortiz. I like that fight. Um, I think Virgil Ortiz is kind of looking, you know, he's kind of in a weird spot of his career because he's kind of looking for the big name to fight. I wouldn't be surprised if that big name ends up being Conor Ben at some point. If Conor Ben could get past Eubanks and they just kind of keep feeding guys to Virgil Ortiz and he keeps beating them and then they kind of match him with Golden Boy under his own banner, kind of set up the Conor Ben-Virgil Ortiz fight. But Alex Rocha would be one of those names to keep uh, Virgil Ortiz busy and kind of an interesting fight and a kind of an entertaining fight. I would say I, I I liked what I saw from Alexis Rocha. Lamont Roach I thought looked very very good against Angel Rodriguez. Uh, he, he just applied forward pressure. He didn't allow. Uh, he's he was superior to Angel Rodriguez, and he did exactly what he should have done while being superior. He really applied his game um, to Angel Rodriguez. He he made he forced the fight, and he forced his um skill and abilities on Angel Rodriguez and he did what he had to do as the better fighter and I really um, am curious what they do with Lamont Roach going forward because I think he's a very high level fighter and I want to see him against very good competition so let's see uh, you know Golden Boy hasn't been the best at marketing fighters that aren't Mexican 
not, that's just if you go to a, a Golden Boy fight card, I mean it's just majority Mexican crowd, majority Mexican fighters. So I want to see what they could do with Lamont Roach and see if they can, you know, put him in the right situations for for him to get attention, for him to get the right names. Because I think he's a talented fighter. I don't think he should go to waste. On the first fight of the card, and the guy that I said might have been the best fighter on the card, Ricardo Sandoval, is upset by David Jimenez. Now, David Jimenez had a you know a herky-jerky style, and it took Ricardo Sandoval too long to figure it out. He was really stagnant early. He couldn't get the timing down. He couldn't get his... his his you know pacing down or his distance down and by the time he did figure it out he was kind of he was down in the fight but he did figure it out you know midway through and it was seemed to be getting control of the fight and then he gets dropped and it was just when he got dropped it was just a crucial blow that he was never going to be able to recover from i thought i was okay with david Mendes winning the fight i didn't think it was controversial in any way Ricardo Sandoval, I still think, is very talented. I'm not going to sell all my stock on him or say that he got exposed in any way. I just seem he ran to a style that it just took him too long to figure out. Now, I imagine they rematch this back. And I imagine that Ricardo Sandoval kind of understands right now what that style is and how he can have success uh, towards it. That usually is going to favor him in a rematch because David Jimenez kind of relies on confusing you, right, and throwing you off with his timing speed. But the more you get looks you get at it, the more easier it is to see, he's kind of it kind of already reveals itself. I would pick heavily Ricardo Sandoval if they rematch this fight. I'm still a buyer of stock in Ricardo Sandoval. I, I'm not a kind of guy that just sells as soon as a guy loses, and the kind of guy that says, "Oh, there's no way he wins that fight now." No, no, no. The the things that I saw in the beginning are still there. And I don't, I don't think that much has changed from that point. So I still really like what Ricardo Sandoval brings. In a rematch, I still like what he brings against any of the top competition at flyweight. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the As Raw Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, As Raw Boxing. Follow me on YouTube, As Raw Podcast. Spotify, Apple, anywhere you can find a podcast. I got a video form, audio form, anywhere you can listen to this. Please like and subscribe and leave a review.